Shalom, and I hope all is well. My name is Yitzchak Schiffman. I love sharing Torah classes, and thank you for listening to this episode. Feel free to follow and to share with others so they too can enjoy the Torah classes on this podcast. Now, on to the episode. Okay, let's get started, Yecheva. We're holding in Perik Aleph, Mishni Zion and Perik Avos here. Very, very important Mishnah today happens to be. So yesterday we had Rabban Gamliel, who was the grandson of Hillel. This Mishnah is the son of Rabban Gamliel, whose name was Rabban Shimon ben Gamliel. We're going to see tomorrow we're going to have another Rabban Shimon ben Gamliel, somebody else. But this Rabban Shimon ben Gamliel was the head of the Sanhedrin at the time of Chorban Bayis, Chorban Bayis Sheni, the destruction of the second Beis Hamikdash. Um, 570. 500 and... It's important. It's not clear. Really, when Corbin was. Yeah. Okay. So this Rabbi Shimon Ben Gamliel teaches us a very, very important rule. It's very interesting because this happens to tie into what we were discussing yesterday. About talking shul and stuff like that. So the Omer, he taught the following. He says, Kol yom I gadalti All of my days, I grew up amongst the sages. You could imagine. He came from aristocracy. He came from the family of the Nasi, of Hillel, of David HaMelech. I mean, he, he came from real royalty in terms of uh, J- Jewish pedigree. And this was... So I grew up amongst the Chachamim. That was natural. In his house, in the base Medrash. That's where he was. And he says... When I was amongst the Chachamim, I analyzed all of the Midos, all of the character traits, everything, and I determined the only good thing that I found, or some learn Tov Mishtika, either the only good thing that I found good for the Guf, for the body, was silence. Some Girsois are Tov Mishtika, there was nothing better than silence. Right? Now, there's a very interesting statement that he's saying here. Because first off, he says this has to do with the fact that he grew up amongst the Chachamim. So the Pashtus, what he means to say is, I was exposed to all kinds of Chachma, all kinds of brilliant thought, Midos Tovos, etc. And this was my conclusion. But it's an interesting thing because he says, Velo matzasi laguf tov mishtika, el el The best thing I found for the body is shtika. And you could say maybe emotional state, or you could say for spiritual well-being. But he says laguf. It's a very interesting language. The best thing that I found for the body was silence. That's what he says. Be quiet. Be quiet. That's what he says. Unbelievable. So the Mepharshim give different explanations as to what is the significance of this statement. What's so special about shtika? Mepharshim speak out over here that the quotes Psukim that really illustrate this principle. You can have somebody that's very intelligent, but the moment he starts talking out of place, he appears to be very unintelligent. You could also have people that are very unintelligent, and when they're silent, they appear to very be intelligent pressure, people. Yeah, yeah. That's the reality. Where do we find an example of this, by the way? In Meseches Megillah, we have the story with Haman. Remember the story where Vashti defies the command of Achashverosh, so he turns to his scholars, his sages, his advisors, what should I do? So the first one to jump and give advice was, anybody remember? Memuchan. The Gemara says Memuchan was Haman, and we learn from this Hedyot Kofetz Barosh. The idiot, the fool, is the first one to talk. Because if you look in the order of the officers, he's the smallest of the officers, 
and yet he's the first one to give advice. So we derive from this that it's the fool in the room who's usually the first one to respond, the first one to offer his opinion. He doesn't wait to hear what the other ones have to say who are actually more intelligent. Exactly, I was going to do that. <laughs> exactly. That's the idiot in the room. It's almost, you can almost determine who's the fool by who's the first one to respond when something's posed, a question, etc. The one who's intelligent waits, he com- contemplates the issue, he pr- produces some sort of a calculated decision. The fool is the one who jumps first. And actually, the Gemara says that was actually the downfall of Haman himself. Why? Because once they sent out that letter, and the letter said basically every man should be the king in his house, when they saw the later letters that said we're going to kill out the Jews, everybody said, wait a second, this guy's sending out things that are obvious. Back in the day, at least it was obvious. Man is the king in his house. The point is, is that it's so obvious that if they're sending out such letters, we're not going to take the second one so seriously, and they didn't just anticipate and kill the Jews right away. So actually, by acting like a fool initially, Haman hurt his own movement, his own position, later on in the Megillah story. So that's one example Chazal show us that it's the fool who jumps to say something first. And that's, Because shtika, silence, contemplating, absorbing, and then saying a calculated response is always the better way to go. But as I said before, I think it's a fascinating thing. It says, The best thing for the body is silence. And so emotional state, spiritual well-being, uh, mental state, all that, I could hear. But what does it mean, laguf? Anybody have a pshat in that? What does it mean, laguf? It's the best thing for your body. Anybody have a hezbra of that? What does it mean, lo matzati laguf tov alashtika? What does that mean? Well, the health of your body is not... So why is it... What does it have to do... What does silence help your body? Silence makes you relax, and you relax. It's good huh. for your body. So you could say that, Pshat, which I hear that, is that your mental health affects right. your physical your health. Right. Or your um, spiritual well-being affects your physical well-being. Yeah. Those, and I think there's truth to that for sure. Now, Rabbi Vadimi Bartanuris has a different Pshat altogether in these words. He says, who, what is this referring to? Somebody that's silent, that's considered the best thing? Somebody that hears someone disgrace him, and he's silent. It's a different shot altogether. We're talking about a silence in face of abuse or in face of insult. That's what we're talking about here. Somebody, which is very definitely very hard, somebody that absorbs insult and doesn't respond. Now in this shot, by the way, it could definitely add, when you're absorbing insult and you're not responding, that means you're a very calm person. You're a very strong you know, you're person. You're holding yourself and eating right. yourself inside you and it's very bad for you. That's possibly true. <laughs> I mean, there, maybe you should respond. We're yeah, talking about where. No. So somebody you who has a midah, somebody who worked on his midot, and he doesn't okay. respond. He's a very, yeah. he's a very strong person. So such a person, they could see la guf. That's actually somebody who's going to be very well physically as well, because that takes a tremendous amount of work to be able to not respond like that. Now, this it's part not of really yeshivish, but what? It's not really yeshivish. What? What is? Not answering. Not responding to any aggression. It's very hard. It's very hard. Yeah, very hard. And, and young people tend to. Of course, blow up. Of course, the Gemara you says. You don't have necessarily to blow up. You can respond, even responding. Yes. Yeah. To, you know, I I don't agree with you. Or yeah. You should. You don't see the other angle. Yeah. Or something but like the Gemara that. does say. By the way, in regard to that, I'll just point out the Gemara Shoshana tells us. Let me know. Let me know. Say avon. Let me show over al pesha. We expound the pasuk. 
whose sins are forgiven in Shamayim, that Hashem overlooks them? Somebody that overlooks his own insults, which is an unbelievable thing. The point is, is that Chazal tell us that if, if somebody insults you and you're quiet, you don't respond to it, the schar and Shamayim is, is out of insult. I mean, that's an amazing thing. That's, that's true also, but Hashem forgives you for your sins. That means when He's looking at you in Shamayim, or Shoshana rolls around, and you know, this guy, what did he do this year? You forgave the other one and didn't respond. He's going to forgive you too, yeah. which is a tremendous thing. Tremendous thing. Yeah, what do you want to say, Yosef? Uh, there is a concept of which means that if you're, you've, you shouldn't harbor really hatred of your friend inside you, you're kind That's of true. supposed to go to your friend and speak to him about Correct. it in order to alleviate this, pre- Correct. this pressure. It's a little bit, there, so it's a fine line between For sure. When there are times when maybe you should approach someone and express your sentiments. So so this idea of not responding when someone insults you, it means in that action, meaning three days later when he's calm and you're calm, for sure, go over to him and say, what you said yesterday was the wrong thing. Because then you're calm and he's calm and you can actually work it out like men. In the moment... 99.9% 99.9% of the time, He's you shout back, it's yeah. not going to make the situation better. Yeah. Yeah. Almost 100% of the time. It doesn't resolve the situation ultimately. That's the first point of Shimon ben Gamliel. Let me ask you one question. When you say does that mean that you, you don't necessarily have to shoot back right away, but you do have to answer back because if you say nothing, that's if you're meaning that what the person yeah. said back is true. Too. Right. Well, that's not in regards to insult. That means that there is a concept, by the way, like we learned on Shabbos, we spoke about this actually, is that you're supposed to be attend the Kiyemi Hashem Yisrael, is that there's a concept you should be uh, innocent or clean in the eyes of Hashem and in the eyes of the Jewish people. Because if, you're, if someone accuses you of something, of wrongdoing that's totally not true, you have to speak up and say it's not true. We're talking about someone just insulting you. Insulting you, it's a different story. You idiot. Being quiet over there doesn't mean you're an idiot. No, no. <laughs> it, mean, say, it means you have you have good a good midos. That's what it means. If a kid yeah. calls me pizza head, I'm not gonna call him falafel face. Exactly. It's, it's, exactly. Kidding, it's a fool, a foolish thing. No, but if you're if somebody suspects you, accuses you in public of some a wrongdoing, you actually have to, you have a responsibility to clarify your position, not to let people believe that. Now, it might be not the best time then to respond because in the action again, it might just cause more of a blow up. But you should clarify your position. You know, you know the explanation of it should be like dirt what's the what's the afar do to you the afar give you perot yalumin and all good things the afar give you and what we do on the afar we step on it we throw garbage on it we spit on it so that's how you gotta be even somebody do all these bad things for you it's beautiful you give them Gold and good things and pelot. That's a beautiful idea. That's like almost exactly the same right. beautiful. idea. Nice, nice Let's go. I want to go a little bit ahead here. That's beautiful. Uh-huh. Continues Rav Shimon ben Gamliel. The law midrash huayikar. So now the way the Mefarshim explain this is like this. So far we're talking about in yanim of this world in general, <coughs> meaning shtika in general worldly matters is is a very healthy thing, the healthiest thing. But he goes further and he says the law midrash huayikar. Even in regards to learning Torah, wow. it's not expounding learning that's the main thing. Rather, action. Wow. Rather, the action. Which means when we learn, it's supposed to be 
It's supposed to be to learn, to teach, to guard, to keep the Torah, that to perform the mitzvot. So Talmud Torah Keneged Kulam is where it's Talmud Torah Miviali Dei Maaseh. That's what the Gemara tells us. Is when is it Keneged Kulam? When it brings you to action. Now, what does it mean? Brings you to action. Now, if we learn Halchot Bikur Cholim, it could bring you to action. But when you learn Musar, what kind of action does it bring you to? So, what's the answer to that? Perfecting your character. So the next time somebody screams on you, you don't respond. That's a tremendous maaseh. That's a tremendous maaseh. When we perfect... Yeah, I'm saying, we all wish. That's a very, very high level, obviously. Every part of Torah is supposed to be neviyali de maaseh. By the way, even when it comes to learning kochim, tarot, tuman, tarah, there are applications, certainly when there was a Beit HaMikdash, there's no question. But even today, we could figure out, how does this apply practically? Maybe it's infusing Kedusha into my life. Certain things which are a little harder to figure out, but we could figure that out too. So he says, Even when it comes to learning, it's not just speaking and speaking and speaking, that's the Ikar, but it's supposed to bring you to action, that's actually the superior level. Elamase. And he finishes off, anybody that speaks too much, he brings himself to sin. And there's a very interesting explanation I saw that Kahati brings down from Midrash Shmuel. He says like this, when, the, way, the way he explains the Mishnah is, when it comes to a leader in a position where he has to rebuke the public, he has to give Musar to the public. So he explains it is like this. The first part of the Mishnah, as I explained, is when it comes to matters that are not Torah matters necessarily. Speaking too much is not a good thing. But the end of the Mishnah, Loa Midrash Waikar, he says like this, it's not a good thing if you have to correct the tzibur. Something's being done wrong. Just to speak excessively about it, but not to get anything done, that's not a good thing. If you're trying to correct some issue, there has to be a lemaaseh. There has to be something, some perfection that's done. Just to speak about what you're going to accomplish or to speak to people where you're not getting anything done, that's not the right thing. And he says further, What does it mean? If you just constantly instructing people, but they're not correcting their ways, that brings them to sin. Because now they know what they're not supposed to do, and they're still doing it wrong. So now they're not even shogeg anymore. They're not even unintentional. Now they're mezidim. They're actually doing the sins intentionally. Mevichet, that actually brings a person to sin even more. This, this, so this idea about silence, it's such an important principle. As I said before, people who are intelligent generally aren't just speaking freely to everyone to, about every topic. Because intelligent people recognize the power of speech, what you can accomplish with it. And therefore, both in inyanim of this world and also matters of spirituality, we're careful about how we speak. I just want to finish off with one story. Now this story, uh, I'll tell you a story when I was a kid. So when I was a kid, I think, I don't remember if it was before or after Bar Mitzvah. Maybe a couple of years ago. Yeah, it could have been a couple of years ago. No, it wasn't. It was more than a couple of years ago. Um, it was more than a couple of years ago. I, I was probably a teenager. I'll tell you a story. And this, this story highlights for me the idea of recognizing talk is cheap. Talk is cheap, actions are what's really... Mm-hmm. You could talk and talk, but ultimately, what are you doing? What are you doing? The talk is, is, is insignificant. Very often, the one who speaks the most does the least. That's the point. Because talk is cheap. Yeah. So when I was a kid, I remember one time I, um, I was invited to uh, someone's house for Shabbat. 
I went for Shabbat, and Friday night we were sitting at the table, all kinds of Devrei Torah, speaking, all about Midot, and kinds of good things, good characters, and Devrei Torah and the Parsha, etc., etc., beautiful stuff. The next morning, I don't remember exactly why or how it happened, but whatever the reason is, the, the friend of mine who had invited us for Shabbat, I don't remember if it was me or if it was the other friend that was there, were treating him not nicely. Meaning treating the Balabayit not nicely. And I remember very clearly the father of that kid coming over to us and being very upset about it, who was the, the, father, the father of this kid who had invited us to his house, inviting us over to talk afterwards, coming over and saying, like, how could you treat my kid this way, etc. And I remember it struck me then. It's like last night we were talking all about, you know, the Midot Tovot, the Torah, and all of that. And then the next day, literally the next morning, we're treating this guy with the wrong Midot. But I think it's a tremendous lesson. I don't remember who made the mistake, etc., exactly what it was. It doesn't really make a difference, ultimately. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, if we just sit around and we talk about philosophy, and we talk about midot, and we talk about ways of improvement, but we don't actually do anything about it, we're fooling ourselves. We're fakers. We're fools. Because not only other people are we fooling, pretending like we're so significant, but worse, we're fooling ourselves. We're pretending like it's so, we're doing such great things with our lives, and we're doing nothing. Ultimately, we're talking and talking and talking, and we're not actually improving. Now, that's why I think it's very important, whenever we learn anything, whatever we're learning, whether it's this Mishnah about the importance of being quiet, or what we learned in Dafayomi this morning, Tuman Tara, try to figure out how can I apply in any way, figure out in some way, whatever it is that we just learned in my life. Apply that in some way, make it lemaaseh, make it practical in some way. Now, sometimes it's easier than others. This is very easy, by the way. When we're about to say something stupid, remember this Mishnah and don't talk. That's very easy. Sometimes it's not as easy. You know, when you learn halacha in Mesechet Baba Metziah, Shor Shenagach Esapara, an ox gores a cow, you know, it's maybe a little harder, but we could still figure it out. Figure out how do I apply this to my life so that what you're doing is not just is not just uh, speaking, but it's actually lemaaseh. Now we're going to stop here. We'll pick up with the last Mishnah, Mishnah Yilchet, tomorrow in the Perek. Bezat Hashem, and we'll make us see him tomorrow.